0: even though I may feel like my stepdaughter is very unfair or very mean.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, You're thinking in your head, okay, let me be calm and address this. Like, I don't know that little demon child stepdaughter started it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims.
1: Welcome to episode 160 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Woo! you fast Ooh. today. I am. Y'all might want to slow me down a little bit. All right, so as we're
2: recording this, it's Father's Day, and we didn't say Happy Father's Day for the episode that was going to post that weekend, so... I was going to say the last one but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what order we necessarily go in, so I don't want to say that. But anyway, we didn't say it, so happy Father's Day, belated happy Father's Day to all the fathers and even stepdads. We'll throw those in too. Because there's not a stepdad's day. And by the way, there is a stepmom's day. So what does that say?
1: <laughs> well, should I say what I feel? Yes, I should. This is my podcast, by god. <laughs> okay. I feel there are several reasons that There is not a stepdad's day. Because we ain't needy. All right, then. (laughs) Let me go ahead and announce. (laughs) Well, I feel like, first of all, I think women are more apt to recognize stepdads on Father's Day. You think so? Yes. I also feel that women are typically more involved in the... They're more sensitive. Well, that, but they're also (laughs) usually more involved as a step-parent than the... Okay, so you're saying we we don't do much. Well, y'all nacho instinctively is what happens. Because we're awesome. Not necessarily. (laughs) So I think that's a lot of it. But I think step-moms just want to be recognized that, hey, we exist. This crap isn't easy. And we do stuff for kids that aren't our own because we want to. Mm. And we want you to appreciate that.
2: Well, I don't disagree with that. However, um, in your downtime, talking to the listeners, in your downtime, if you want to look at the history of Mother's Day, <laughs> it's it's very interesting. I'll just say that um, there's a twist at the end. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a big twist at the end. And I'll go ahead and tell you, the woman that started Mother's Day wished she never would have. Yep. Isn't yeah. that sad? Yeah, yeah. Because cause it turned into a Hallmark holiday. Oh, and that's not good enough, so let's create one for stepmoms, too. <laughs> but that was another lady that started that.
2: Yeah, I don't know that story. But anyway. Anyway. Back to uh, Happy Father's Day. Belated, that is. Um
1: I went to go go post on your Facebook page this morning, David, and say, Happy Father's Day. You have it where people cannot post on your page.
2: That's right. You know why? Because it's my page.
1: Well, (laughs) it did not make me happy. (laughs) I should be able to post on your page. If nobody else in the world, I should be able to.
2: You know, it's like like my great-grandfather said about the telephone. I'm sitting there on the porch rocking as we often did back in the day day. (laughs) (laughs) because you know we were waiting on the crops to be ready (laughs) and we were rocking on the porch and his phone rang which one it took him a long time before he even got a phone but it was ringing and ringing and ringing and he's not moving and I looked over I said grandpa are you gonna get the phone and he said son I had that phone put in for me to call out, not for other people to call in. <laughs> <laughs> so my Facebook page is for me to post, not for other people to post on it.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we did post a Happy Father's Day to you. Why, thank you. To my daddy and to Pawpaw for Father's Day. That's so sweet. I should have threw Avery in there.
2: I know. See, I had to tell my own kid Happy Father's Day this morning, and that was the weirdest freaking feeling. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, here's the other thing, is should you tell your own kid Happy Father's Day? Yeah, he's a dad. Okay, but listen. Listen, Linda, listen.
2: Okay. I'm not
1: going to get him a card. Well, a lot of stepmoms will say, I'm not going to do anything for Father's Day for my husband because we don't have kids together.
2: Mm. Okay. but. Okay, we don't, you and I don't have kids together. When Mother's Day rolls around, I make sure that something's happening for you. Now, I wouldn't have like my kids do something for you necessarily, but I'm going to make sure your kid does something for you and you're recognized.
1: Well, you failed this year miserably, but anyway, go ahead.
2: Well, he's old enough to do it on his own this
1: time. (laughs) Good Lord. Well, I think the last time you asked him, he's like, no, I'm good.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what kind of deal you guys have worked out at this point, so I'll just nacho it. (laughs) But I tell you Happy Mother's Day.
1: Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. Yeah. But I don't really expect you to, but it's nice to hear. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like happy anniversary. Should you tell your parents happy anniversary? Yeah, I do. You wasn't there when I got married. No. I'm glad it did, though. Me too, (laughs) darling. Okay. Anyway, enough of this Hallmark crap. Hey, we need to figure out how Father's Day started. We know how Mother's Day started. But anyway, we'll talk about that next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So to all you people out there that see yourself as a father of something or somebody, we're a week (laughs) late. Well, five (laughs) days late. But happy Father's Day from Nacho Kids. Hmm. All right, the winner of the Nacho Kids Academy scholarship, courtesy of Linda Dunham, this week is M. Thomason. Woohoo! hoo M. Thomason. Check your email, and we will get you started on the Nacho Kids Academy. And if you put the work in, it will change your life. That's right. That's right.
2: Um, Now, we just mentioned the Academy, but I want to mention the Academy.
1: Mention the Academy, Dad. Because...
2: There was a recent post in Facebook that I don't want to go down the path on, but there was a comment made that we don't have any place
1: for people to learn the Nacho Kids method. The comment was actually, it is a shame that there isn't an actual support group associated with the Nacho Kids. Right. Which is part of what the Academy is.
2: So we, we talk about the Academy every single episode. We have it at the very top of the Facebook page in the blue banner. But apparently we're not doing enough to get the word out.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe it's because it's not free. Okay. The Facebook group, I wouldn't say it's not a support group for the Nacho Kids Method. A lot of times people look at support groups as you must agree and validate everything I do to make me feel supported. Don't dare tell me what I'm doing is wrong because that's not supportive.
2: Oh, that's true. That's true. In inaccurate feelings, but that's
1: true. So if that's the case, no, it's not in a support group. We're gonna tell you if you're doing it wrong.
2: Well, in that case, neither is the academy.
1: <laughs> that's true.
2: Because if you want to- <laughs> all right.
1: So fine, there is no support group yeah, for the We don't
2: believe can. in support groups. How about that? <laughs> we believe in changing your stinking thinking groups. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we believe in telling you like it is. <laughs>
2: But no, there there is definitely a support group there. Um, you know, I'll I'll say about Facebook, and I've said it a million times: you get what you pay for. Um, and we let uh, a lot of people in that group that you know, if we can validate that they're uh, a step parent, then they get in. If they act like a fool, they get out.
1: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. um, either on their own accord or or get booted.
1: And our moderators and admins do not get paid, y'all. They do this out of the kindness of their heart because. They like us want to help step families survive the blend.
2: Yep, and I and I appreciate them because I'm not moderating anything in that group because it's.
1: No, David has to stay out of the group. He's a bad boy. Yeah, he he would get kicked out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's because I care more than ninety percent of the people in there.
1: Oh, that reminds me, David. There was something you said the other day that I told you to remember. (sighs) I told you I wouldn't be able to. (laughs) <laughs> I remember what it is. So okay. Astonishingly. Okay. I cannot care more than you. Right.
2: That's oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's so there's two rules here. And I heard this from another um coaching person. So it's a coaching person that coaches coaches. But anyway. But a coacher of coaches? Yeah, but that's not the only thing they do. They also do um therapy. Not not a therapist, they do therapy. So anyway, I don't know the differentiation between those, and I don't want to go down that path. Um, but he said that he has two rules when he's working with people. One rule is he can't care more than they do, mm-hmm. which we, we say that. That's one of the rules of nachoing. You can't care more than a bioparent.
1: Yeah, but you know, I'm going to interrupt you here. I think sometimes I care more than the people that we're working with. Uh,
2: okay, but that's part of the problem. Is you, I know. You shouldn't be able to care more than they do. That that means there's an issue happening here.
1: Right. I can't care more than y'all people. Yeah. Anyway.
2: And the second one is you can't work harder than they do.
1: So I can't
2: work harder to try to fix your problems than you do. Exactly. And I that's the first time I've heard that one and I loved it because we run into that more often than we should. Not only are sometimes we care more than they do, but sometimes we're working our butts off to help them more than they are. We give them sometimes we give people homework and come back and like you didn't do the work. We gave you work to do and you didn't do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and we're anyway, I'm just saying, if you're if you're out there and you need help, then number one, you should care more than anybody else about y- your own blend and your own sanity in relationships. You should care more than anybody else. And number two,
1: you should work harder than anybody else. And I'm going to add a third one. All right, what's that? I shouldn't invest more in your relationship than you're willing to. <clears throat> these podcasts aren't free, people. It costs us money to host these. You may think that our time is free. <clears throat> no. We're just as busy as y'all. We, honest to God, do this because we want to help step families not become a statistic. And we want you to be happy and less stressful and enjoy your life. Yep. And yes, there is a cost to the Nacho Kids Academy. But once you go in there, you will see that the cost for what you get is very underpriced. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell y'all, I fought with David with this in the beginning because I'm like, oh, you know, what if somebody can't afford this or can't afford that? And David's more of a business person than I am. So he kept telling me that, People don't value what they don't pay for, which is true. I learned that the hard way. But also, y'all, one of the challenges that I created that's in the academy probably took me 100 hours to create. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll say 80, but still. And you get access to that. So, yes, there is value in the academy. Tons of it. Tons of it. Anyway. Yep. But yeah, I'm I'm adding number three that I can invest more into your relationship. And when I say that, I'm talking money. Yeah. Oh, I yep. agree. I agree a hundred percent. You know that? And we do and we have the free scholarships.
2: Yep. We
1: have and don't get me on a roll with that either, because there are people that have used these scholarships. They've been in there every single day. They've been active every day. They've been doing everything they can. And then you've got people that say, Oh, well, I was just too busy. Well, don't sign back up for another free one, cause you're on my do-do list.
2: <laughs> yeah, cause you you took away from somebody else that could have used it.
1: Well, no, cause I gave it to somebody else. But still, oh, good, good. Yeah, cause I try to do that. Anyway, enough of this mess. I'm enough of this mess, David.
2: Well, it's good for people to realize. I mean, it's honestly look in the mirror at yourself and ask, are you carrying more? Than everybody else, are you doing the work more than everybody else? And are you investing more than everybody else? And if you can't say yes to all, those, all three of those, you need to do a self-check.
1: Yep. All right. I don't want to talk about that no more. I don't, <laughs> like, talk, I don't like talking about money and all that stuff. You know that. Okay. Our guest today is Mel. Not Mel Gibson. <laughs> and not Melanie Anthony. Nope. Mel has been blending for seven years, almost eight will be eight years in July. She has stepson 17, stepson 11, stepson 11, and stepdaughter 10. The stepkids are with them full-time except every other weekend. She has a bio daughter that is 12 full-time. The hardest part of her blending is problematic behavior in stepkids. Best advice? Nacho. And I love it when somebody says their best advice for other blended families is nacho. Because not just because we created it. Yes, there's is some, you know, love there. But it's because it helps, y'all. It really does. And we're so glad that we created a method that is helping step families across the world. Makes my heart happy is what happens. One thing that she experienced was the bio mom telling the step kids she is not your real mom. Well, duh. <laughs> but you know what? If you are a Bio mom, and you tell your kids that they don't have to listen to the stepmom, you are creating so many issues. Yep. What if the stepmom tells them, no, don't light that on fire? It will combust and you will spontaneously explode. I said that all backwards, but you know what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. Don't play in the street.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mel has an issue that a lot of other stepmoms have. She doesn't know any other. Step in real life? No, nothing IRL. No, nothing in real life, David.
2: Where's she at? We certainly we know enough step that we could say, "Look, there's some in your neighborhood."
1: Well, we have to be careful with that because people are crazy, and I don't want people saying, "Oh yeah, I live in such and such," and then the next thing you know, it's, "Oh, somebody from the Nacho Kids Facebook group is stalking
2: me." <laughs> yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Well, not doing that. I mean, one thing you could do is you could post on, uh, was it Eventbrite or Meetup if you wanted to have like a, you know, a stepmom group. But yeah, I mean, I, I know what you mean. You probably in your circle of friends or your sphere, you don't know anybody that's a stepmom. So we hear that a
1: lot. Right. And it's hard because you're judged by these other bio moms or even people that aren't moms.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't get it. They don't get it. But that's like saying, oh, I love the kid as my own when you don't have kids. You don't know. You can't compare it. Another thing that Mel deals with is they don't see her as part of the family. Oh. The stepkids don't. Yeah. Mel, it'll get better. hmm It'll get better. I know you're in year seven and they say, oh, that's when you should be blending. Well, you're dealing with Teenage years, you've got a lot going on. Cut yourself some slack, girl. Yep. We are here for you. We are your friend in real life.
2: <laughs> so if, if they say that it takes about seven years, I wonder if that's seven years when, when you're doing everything right.
1: Well, actually, someone asked me when we felt like we blended, how long it took for us. And I would say close to six years mm-hmm. because year two is when things went to crap. All right. So you can say we're in year three by that point, right? Mm-hmm. Then the nacho kids, I nachoed for a year. So we're close to year four by then. And then two more years of reengaging, and things were better. I'd say year six. Yeah. But there are so many factors. If you only have the kids every other weekend, it's going to take longer for you to blend. Mm-hmm. If you only have the kids on summer break and long holidays, it's going to take a lot longer to blend. Yep. Your blend may look different than our blend, but that doesn't mean you're not blended. Right. What is the definition of blended family anyway? Find out on the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to listening, David. All right, let's do it. Today we have stepmom, Mel. Hello, Mel. How are you? Hi,
0: Lori. How are you?
1: Doing well. So how many years have you been blending?
0: I have been blending almost eight years. It's going to be seven and a half years, eight years, yeah, in July. That's good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It feels like a whole life has passed since eight years ago when I, I didn't know all this stuff, but I know I was very naive.
1: We joke about how one year of stepfamily life is 10 years because it feels like it. I
0: feel it. like it's been- I feel like it's been a long time for sure. I don't mm-hmm. know if 80 years or so, but <laughs> I feel like it's been so long. At the same time, the time has gone so quickly. So, that's true. It's just incredible how kids grow so so quickly and mm-hmm. um I'm very very happy to be able to share my story like I was telling you that if this uh, if my experience can help anybody, even if it's just one person, I'm happy to be able to to share my experience with you.
1: And we appreciate you doing so.
0: Thank you. So
1: how many stepkids do you have?
0: Well, I have four stepkids. They're ages 17, 10, 11. And I mean, there's a couple of twin kids. Okay. They're 11 years old. I have a stepdaughter who's 10 years old. And my stepson is 17 already. Okay. Just turned 17. So it's been a, a roller coaster ride.
1: I'm it's sure. Been,
0: I'm, very, I'm very happy to have been part of their the story. Yeah. Do you have any bio kids of your own? I have my daughter. She's 12. Just turned 12. Okay. And I have a little a little dog. She's a cute one. She's three years old. Oh. Yeah. That's your hours daughter. That's our ours kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our doctors eight, and then we just got two more doctors that are six months old.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's so cute. You must be so exhausted.
1: I am. I'm, uh, it's like <laughs> having kids all over again.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: How often do you have your bio daughter?
0: Daughter is with me all the time. Uh, she doesn't have any contact with her bio dad. So the kids are with us all the time, really. Uh, I, or that's how it feels like.
1: Yeah.
0: Pretty much with us all the time.
1: Do you mind me asking why your bio daughter doesn't see her dad?
0: Well, her dad moved out of the country. He doesn't come to the U.S. very frequently. And he when he comes, it's like once a year, once every two years even. So she doesn't like talking on the phone because when we got divorced, she was only a year and a half old.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So she didn't have him in her life for such a long time and she was so small so she didn't like to communicate on the phone
3: mm-hmm.
0: or via video call so even though I tried to encourage her communicating with him it's not easy with a child that's so small
3: mm-hmm.
0: so I mean he's present, sort of present, but really my husband is her parental figure that's more like a father figure for her mm-hmm. he's always there so she relates more, I think, to to my husband, and my husband and her have a closer relationship, for sure. Does he parent her? My husband, yeah,
1: he does parent her. Yes. So he basically yeah. took on the father role for your daughter.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I would say so. Yeah, he he talks to me about it. Like recently, uh, we've spoken about it, and he says that he loves her in the same way that he loves his own kids. So. It's been like that for a while. It's pretty much like that all the time. He's there for her. Uh, he communicates with her teacher. You know, he's always trying to encourage her to do well at school. And he's always like the father, really. I mean, that, she doesn't call him dad, but that's, right. <laughs> that's yeah. But, but it, it is like that. It's been like that.
1: And what about your stepkids? How often do y'all have them?
0: So my husband has full custody of the four children. So they're with us all the time, except for every other weekend. 97% of the time. <laughs> if not, Yeah. And sometimes even more than that. So their mom, their bio mom, she lives kind of far away. She got remarried and she has another child and she's expecting a second child with that person. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for her because the circumstances around the divorce and everything, it was uh, not easy for the kids. And my husband was working from home at the time, and she was traveling a lot for work at the time Mm -hmm. because she had another relationship at the time where she was trying to make it work with this person. And she figured it would be better for the kids to stay with their dad. He's an excellent dad. He's very, very hands on type of dad. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's been.
1: So, what's your relationship like with your stepkids? You made the comment that your husband said he feels like he loves your daughter like his own. Do you feel that way towards your stepkids?
0: That's another thing. I care for my stepkids, I love them, but I don't love them the same way I do my daughter. Right. And I don't have a close relationship with them because. Their mom is still very present, even though she's not living with them. She's been very protective
3: mm-hmm. of
0: them in throughout all the years. At the beginning, it was really difficult. At the beginning, she didn't, of course, she didn't agree with me marrying my husband. And she told the kids, this is not your real mom. And, you know, I'm your mom. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very difficult thing for me to navigate because I've always had the expectation like, I mentioned to you earlier, I don't know any other stepmoms. I don't know anybody who has gone through this before me. I didn't know at the time. And I haven't actually met someone that has gone through a similar thing that I have. Mm -hmm. So I had the expectation I was going to fill in the void of the being a mom. And that's not what happened. Of course, they had a, a very different experience, even though I was willing to step in. But they did initially accept me, but like soon after their relationship was more distant. I don't know how to describe it exactly. I mean, it's, I do care for them, but they see me as someone who's not part of their family. Even, even though we have been living together for all this time,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of like that. Even though I have been part of their lives for most of their lives, especially of course the younger ones. Right. Now, do your yeah. parents live near you by chance? No, okay. they don't.
1: So they don't get to see any of your extended family?
0: Well, when they come visit, my parents are from Cuba. So they come and visit like once a year. And uh, they don't live in Cuba anymore, but they do travel to the U.S. every now and then. And uh, it's tricky for them because it's sort of like a similar thing to what happened to me they don't know how to relate to the kids and they initially thought they had great expectations and uh, when they saw that the kids did not receive them as part of their family because you know
3: Mm -hmm. that's
0: probably the the story that they are told that Mm -hmm. they're not part of their family so they have decided okay we're just gonna be distant and treat them respectfully but they're kind of like in the same way had conflict with the idea of being step family. Right. Because you don't know your place. You don't know if you should allow certain behaviors, if you should enforce certain things or if it's not your place. So.
1: Right. I know with my parents, my mom and dad both were like, Ooh, I got, you know, four more grandkids. And um. Yeah. You know, actually, my dad's not very active in my son's life, but I think if he was, he would be more active in all their lives, if that makes any sense. Like, he always asks about the other stepkids. He follows them on Facebook. I think they comment back and forth and kind of stuff. So there's a small relationship there. But the reason I asked is because I was wondering if your parents were nearby and they did have a relationship with them, that that could almost be the connection to make you feel more like family. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, but that hasn't been the case, especially because they're not close by.
1: Yeah, so they don't have that. It's just you.
0: Yeah. And um, like you said, I mean, at the beginning, they figured, oh, we're going to have four more grandkids. And this is going to be so nice. And it's a very different dynamic Mm -hmm. because they have known my daughter since she was born. And she was the only one, the only grandchild. So, it's hard to describe, Yeah, it's been like that.
1: So tell us a little bit about the challenges that you've experienced in the blend.
0: Initially, the relationship with my mom was very hard and I was open. I said, I'm going to try to take things slow with her and also try to introduce myself to her and see if we can be on the same page. And my husband was like, very reluctant he said I don't want you approaching her I don't want you having conversations with her and I don't think that's something that you have to be bothered with so he has been super protective of me Mm -hmm. because he knew that she was she's very opinionated at the beginning she was not very on board (laughs) So yeah. my husband's like, I don't want you to try to communicate with her. And then she may be aggressive towards you or say mean things. And I don't want you to go through that. Right. So he told me, I don't even need for her to know anything about you because this you're, you're my life and you're part of my new life. And she has nothing to do with my new life. And if I didn't have kids with her, she wouldn't be part of my life. So I don't want to. But then uh, after the years passed, people get used to other things. And she has been changing her tune. So we now are able to talk and communicate. And, but my husband still has his guard up. And he's like, you know, I don't, I don't want you to communicate too much with her. You know, if you want to talk, you, know, you can talk. But hopefully I will be around so I can hear what she is telling you. And I want to be aware. So it's been like that.
1: Yeah. He doesn't want to risk her saying inappropriate Mm -hmm. things to you or making you uncomfortable or even making you question him.
0: Yeah. But the good thing is like, like I mentioned, time has passed and she has another person in her life and she's in a different phase of her life. When we first started dating and we met, the divorce was quite new and even though she had someone in her life, I don't know, I, I think she hadn't thought about the possibility, you know, getting married to somebody so quickly. And it was a shock. But what, I think what helped me was listening to Nacho Kids, and reading your articles and reading all the literature and listening to your podcast, of course, all that has helped me a lot to understand the dynamics, understand how a state family works, understand why the kids behave in a different way and why the feelings, the impulse, uh, how do you call it? The insider outsider syndrome Mm -hmm. and all that I, I learned through listening to your podcast. I was also part of the step uh, I forgot her name. Uh, the name of the podcast is another uh, one that you have had her on the podcast. Uh, okay, let me see. Uh, her name is Tracy. Tracy Poisner. Yes. 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 I'm part of her group too, and I've been listening to her podcast as well. So that has helped for sure.
1: Well, I'm glad that those her podcast and our podcast and all that stuff has helped you because we know it's hard.
0: Yes. Especially when you have the expectation, first you don't you don't know anybody who has this step family situation in your family or in your social circle. Nobody has to go through that. Mm-hmm. And second, your husband himself. Even though my husband loves me and cares for me and and he protects me, he still has the expectation of the nuclear family, even mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. And uh, he feels sad about that not being realized. And he told me this recently that he, he feels sad about it because mm-hmm. he was hopeful that my relationship with the kids was going to be more like a parental type of relationship. But it's not it's not the right expectation. And uh, I, I've come to peace with that. Right. And uh, I feel good about being at peace with that with reality of. Having a step family. And I feel proud and I feel very honored because I have, I have been a part of these kids' lives and I have helped them. But at the same time, I don't have to bear the weight of the discipline and, and the responsibility. And that makes me feel relieved. Yes. Because I did feel that weight for a long time. You know, I felt like a failure for a long time like why can I not treat my children all of them in the same way why why do I have to make a difference in the way that I treat my stepdaughter and my daughter and I just felt conflicted for a long time and and listening to to you and Tracy has helped me tremendously
3: mm-hmm.
0: to not feel guilty and to also worry less about you know, the impact that I have on the kids and worry less even about my own daughter because I was worried about the impact that our family, I started to worry about that. when I saw the negativity, I was worried about her as well. Mm -hmm. So I started to embrace everything. I started to embrace my role in the family. And also the fact that she has siblings Uh, she wouldn't have had that experience of having siblings right and having siblings helps you so much because I was an only child and um I didn't have a lot of the things that a lot of my friends take for granted you know Mm -hmm. having a sibling and she has that that opportunity so even that helps me appreciate my role as a stepmom and as a mom I think
1: right so Yeah, you know, with Jackson, it's it's funny because one week he was had a brothers of four. The next week he was an only child. Next week he had four brothers. And he's always referred to them as the brothers. And mm-hmm. so I feel the same way as you because if it wasn't for them, he would be an only child all the time. But he has good relationships mm-hmm. with them and they've already moved out. So you know they're twenty; they'll be twenty-two in a couple of weeks, and they still have contact with my son, which makes my heart so happy.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's that's, that's a really good perk about being in a blended family. You don't have to you don't have to carry the child, and you don't have the discipline role, but you can still feel proud about them and and have love for them and help them because that's part of being a A stepmom is not just disengaging and I don't care about what you do, but every time that they reach out to me and that I can help, I feel great and I feel honored and I don't have to get their thank yous because they're still kids and they don't understand a lot of things, but I'm sure in the future, they will see that I did care for them and I did try to help them within my scope and my role. And of course, I'm now you're talking about your experience with your son. I can totally relate to your story. Ever since I heard you and your husband the first time on the, the podcast, I thought this is someone that has a very similar reality to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's incredible because like I said, um, my family, ever since my divorce, I felt like this Scarlet Letter movie, <laughs> like the, that type of character, that person that has gone through something that nobody else has gone through. Yeah, my mom and dad—they're from Cuba, so there's a lot of. They have a lot of siblings, and none of them have gotten divorced,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and um, only one of them got divorced after 27 years of marriage, like uh, about four years ago, and it was the like the first child ever to get divorced, so. Being so in a situation that's so difficult and that nobody can relate to you, that's close to you, even though they want to help you, but they don't, they can't tell you, I understand how you're feeling or I can give you some advice. It it happened to me that has never happened in my case.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I hate to say it this way, but unless you've lived it, you don't know. I mean, I could take classes on blended families and things like that. And get an understanding and even get, you know, a degree in blended family counseling or whatever. But until you've lived it, you don't truly
0: know. Yes, that is true. You can understand the theory, but it's not the same if you go through it. And it's so powerful that you can say, I can completely get what you're going through because it happened to me. And I went through the same thing and I get you that is super powerful. So I commend you for keeping up with this because I understand how hard it is. I understand how long it takes to get these podcasts out. And even though I've never actually done the podcast in my life, but I can understand and I can imagine how much time it takes to do the podcast. That's why I felt compelled to help out by telling my story and see if it's Helpful for someone.
1: Well, I appreciate that because a lot of people don't realize just how hard it is to do the podcast, or how complicated, or time-consuming, or even costly. Right. It's not free for us to do these. So I really appreciate you recognizing that.
0: Yes, it's not. It, it takes a while to edit. Oh yes, I know about editing because i I did journalism at university, and uh, we did take a long time to edit everything that we were working with and. You know, even if it's a different format, it still takes a long time. So I appreciate you and your husband for for taking this, this, this role also.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And your support means a lot to us. It really does. I remember when we first started doing the podcast and I started editing them. I am not kidding when I tell you that it took me almost four hours to edit one hour. Because I was so meticulous. I didn't want the ums and the uhs and the likes and all that in there. And so I got a lot faster, though. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it's definitely not easy.
0: Yes. I didn't enjoy that part, but I had to do it myself. So how does
1: your daughter get along with the stepkids? You said that they, the stepkids don't really see you as family. How do they see her?
0: no. Uh it's so complicated because they're very close in age. The four the four younger ones are very close in age. Mm-hmm. So they have a very good relationship at times where they play together and they share, but other times it is crazy and they don't want to share and especially the youngest one because my two stepsons are usually very cordial and well-mannered.
3: Mhm,
0: but my stepdaughter she's a tough one, and she can be the sweetest kind of person, but at the same time she gets jealous, she's very possessive, and her dad's attention is like the most important thing for her
3: mm-hmm.
0: and so she she's um in a constant battle with my daughter and that's 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 been a tough one in the in most recently because before when they were smaller. I think there were less issues than than now, I I guess, because they're getting older and they get to understand the dynamic more than before. They've gotten to a point where they argue a lot. (laughs) It's been an issue. So we're trying to address it. You
1: have to be careful because a lot of times when it is a step kid and a bio kid arguing, we are quick to run to our kid's defense. We are quick to mm-hmm. blame the other child for what's happening, the step-kid for what's happening. But a yeah. lot of times we need to let our kids handle it themselves because, number one, they need those skills when they go to school or something and we're not there to protect them. And yeah. number two, part of that is sibling bonding. And with That's you being an only child, it might be harder for you to see that. But my sisters and I felt like crazy some of our best stories are fighting. And that's incredible. So just be careful because and I'm not saying you do this, but be careful if they always get in trouble for playing together because they start fighting, then they're eventually going to quit playing together. And so they won't oh. have that bond.
0: Oh. Okay, well, it's hard for me to see that cuz I never had a a sibling. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: I mean for me when everybody talks about how they used to fight with their siblings, like physically, and be so mean to each other. I get super, super, you know, like triggered. Yeah. About it. <laughs> and, and of course, and everybody says, like, this is so typical. And it, it happens to everybody. So it does. Hearing about it helps me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember David fussing at his kids because Jackson got hurt or something happened. And, Dave like, just stay away from him. And I was like, but that's not what we want. We don't want them to be afraid to play with him. We don't want them to always say, no, Jackson, you can't come with us because if you get hurt, we get in trouble. Hmm. So I had to pull up my big girl britches, I guess, and sit back sometimes and let Jackson handle his situations. Now, granted, it wasn't fist fighting or anything like that. It was just more arguing over things. And oh, yeah. If Jackson came to me about something, then I would tell him, you know, well, you can talk to him about this. Or if it was really big, of course, I got involved. But I Mm -hmm. tried to let them form their own bonds.
0: Yeah, I I do try to distance myself and not react. Mm -hmm. And that's an exercise I have to do with myself all the time. Like, I have to be impartial, even though I'm not impartial. In my head, I'm mad about the situation. But I have to just tell them, like, you're not going to be arguing. If you want to be arguing, then I can't take you to the park or I can't buy you this stuff. You promised me you're going to be nice to each other. And I talk to them in the same way. And I have to try to stick to that, Mm -hmm. even though I may feel like my stepdaughter is very unfair or very mean.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, You're thinking in your head, okay, okay let me be calm and address this. Like, I don't know that little demon child stepdaughter started it. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yes. And, I, I, and then I, I can tell my daughter, like, later on, I can say, no, I understand that your stepsister can be difficult, but you've got to try to be understanding and forgive, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and she's not buying it, but I do try, <laughs> I do try to keep that yeah. attitude towards the situation. Which is not—it doesn't come naturally, of course.
1: Right, definitely. But it's yeah. good for you to try to do that. I remember Branson saying one of the things that bothered him most was when I believed Jackson over him. And okay,
0: Jackson's your son. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I believe my son over my stepson, and I get that oh. that would bother him. But of course, I'm going to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> <That's>, I mean, <laughs> that's an issue. But yeah. He, my husband says that all the time. He says, the kids always say that. You always believe your daughter. You mm-hmm. always believe her. And I tell them, I just want you guys not to be unfair. And I want you guys to get along.
3: Right. You know?
0: But yeah, the the cat kind of got, got to the point where they have this expectation. I'm I'm always going to be on her side. So I always try to tell them that. I just want you guys to get along. I don't want you guys to be mean to each other. And just be respectful and be respectful of me because I have to endure this. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to be nice to you, if you want me to take you places, if you want me to buy you the stuff that you said you wanted, then you you got to work with me and be nice to each other. Right. So just to keep it very neutral. And I guess, yeah, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> sometimes I just, I just feel something is unfair. And I tell my husband, I don't tell them. I just right. spoke to my husband and they can hear me sometimes say, you know, I'm complaining about something.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Of
1: course, your daughter wants you to take her side. You know, you know, as well as I do, there's her side, their side and what really happened. Right. Because our perception can be very skewed depending on what position we're in and the event that happened. And it's also challenging. I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's challenging for me when David tells me one thing and Jackson tells me another.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to call my husband a liar. I don't want to call my son a liar. And most people would go, well, of course it's your son lying. Well, how do you know? (laughs) You, You know what I'm saying? How do you know? And is it that either one of them's lying? Again, maybe David thought he told Jackson something. But Jackson didn't hear him or David didn't really tell him because, you know, the older we get, we forget that we do things or we forget we don't. So, you know, what do you do? And I like your playing neutral idea, which is, you know, kind of what I did with the stepkids after that instance that Branson said that I hurt his feelings or it bothered him. I tried to be more neutral, but it was really, really hard because there's five years difference between Jackson and the triplets. Oh, Yeah. With your kids being so close in age, yeah, it makes some things easier and some things harder.
0: Yes, that's true. I mean, having them close in age helps in that way. I just have to keep reminding myself not to be overprotective of my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I know she's not a perfect kid either. You know, she also (laughs) lies. (laughs) She also tries to pull fast ones. Yeah and um
1: your baby girl don't lie
0: (laughs) every other kid does it so she's it's just like she's my baby and she's I told her she's always going to be my baby but
3: Mm -hmm. I
0: have to I have to keep reminding myself of that yeah yeah that's a tough one and my husband's expectations are a tough one at the beginning one of the things I have to say about my husband he's always been very protective of me and Mm -hmm. he's never put me. In this, the second place, like I'm always the priority over his children, even though he loves them with all his heart, he believes in me. He trusts me. If I tell him something, I don't agree with this, or this is what's happening. He addresses it. And, um, and he always has my back. I don't have to argue about why didn't you discipline this, this uh, a kid that did this or the other kid that did that. He's always a very good dad in that way that he always disciplines, even though he loves them very much and he can sometimes spoil them a little, but he is always on that and he always defends me. And that's one of the things I have to be grateful for because it doesn't usually happen. Mm -hmm. Like I see that a lot of fathers have that guilty or Disney dad Mm -hmm. syndrome or, or this guilty feeling that they feel that they have to be super accommodating and even with the ex-wife sometimes they are super accommodating and my husband has not been like that at all he has always had my back and I have to really be grateful (laughs) because that has helped our relationship for sure
1: let me ask you this has your husband ever disciplined your daughter and you didn't agree with it
0: I thought he was a little bit too harsh or a couple of times I do say it to him. Like, I don't say it in front of her, Mm -hmm. try not to mention anything in front of her, but I do tell him like, I I think you're being too harsh or too strict with her, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't believe in nacho kids actually. And that's okay. He says, this is my daughter. I mean, she is my daughter. I love her the same way I love the other kids and. I don't believe in natural <laughs> So He's like, he's the opposite in that way.
1: And that is perfectly okay. That doesn't mean he's a bad person.
0: I know. I know.
1: That works for y'all. And that works for him.
0: Yes. Yeah. Especially because, like I said, my, my ex doesn't have anything to do with my daughter, really. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, even though initially he tried to get in touch and keep in touch and it was not easy. Uh, It's not easy to communicate with a toddler over the phone. And so they just didn't build a relationship. And my daughter has known my husband since she was four years old.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. She started to call him dad at some point. But then my stepdaughter said, you don't call him dad. he's my dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, ever since she's she stopped that. When she talks to other people about who her dad is, she says, "Oh yeah, my dad is gonna come pick me up." Or,
1: right, she refers or, to him as dad.
0: Yes, yes, she does.
1: But they don't refer to you as mom.
0: No, when they tried to do that, they were really, really young, and we were probably kind of get married at that point, or mm-hmm. probably right after the wedding. They started trying to call me mom, and I said you know, it's okay. You can call me mom if you want. And I think that was a mistake because yes. they do have a mom and that they understood from her. They didn't understand it from me.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that was something I shouldn't have done at the time. I was, I was just hopeful that it could be a nuclear family and, or as close as possible. And, um, that's not the way things went, but It's not to say that I don't care for them. It's not to say that I don't try to help them in the best way I can. And I feel happy that that I can be in that role as a helpful person in their life, you
1: know. Not as a parent.
0: Not as a parent, no.
1: So what does your husband think about you not joining his kids, but he doesn't feel that way about your daughter?
0: Uh well, like I said, I mean he feels sad about it sometimes. He says that. He wished that our relationship was more like if I were more involved, maybe I work a lot and I do have very little time to spend with them on asking them about their lives, but when I have the chance, I do take them places and um uh, I have conversations with them like here and there mm-hmm. um, when they're willing when when they're going for it, right. He's told me this recently that he wished that I would have more like a parental role in their lives because he feels like he has all the responsibility on his shoulders Mm -hmm. of the five kids really yeah and he does right so he has all the discipline responsibilities
1: so do you help him at all with his kids like for instance even when I was not if I saw David was struggling getting the kids out to go somewhere I would maybe go get David's wallet and keys or jacket, whatever, and put it at the door. So that way I was helping him indirectly, but not helping with the kids.
0: Yes. I help like in the mornings when they're getting ready for school. I ask them like, do you want to eat something? And I I try to remind them, oh, today you have running club. Don't forget to bring your water bottle, things like that, Mm -hmm. but always just keep it. Very, very to the point because they're very touchy sometimes and they mm-hmm. feel like if I ask about, did you do this and that, then they may feel like I'm lecturing them. Right. Or telling them what to do. Yep. So I just try to keep us that to the minimum. If I have to, like sometimes they ask me like, can you bring my water bottle? I only have a little bit of time and I can help out with that. Things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the rest of the time, the dad is there. I'm talking especially with my stepdaughter. The one that's more, she's the youngest one, and she's the one that requires more more attention. Mm -hmm. The boys, not so much. They're kind of getting to a stage where they want to do everything by themselves. They don't want anybody to remind them of anything, and they're very self-sufficient. They've gotten to the point of being self-sufficient in the mornings, which is awesome because it helps us very much, but we we still have to try to uh, look for my stepdaughter and see if she's doing everything that she needs to do in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's a dance, because I don't want to be forceful. I don't want to be on their face, so Mm -hmm. I have to really watch myself, because I used to make that mistake a lot, be lecturing them, telling them what to do, what not to do. And Uh because my husband was working a lot at the time when we first married, I felt it was my responsibility to be the disciplinarian. And that was, that was not helpful. Mm -hmm. So that was when I started listening to your podcast. Actually, it was like four years ago, five years ago. And I changed my tune.
1: And what did your husband say when you changed your tune and you're like, wait a minute, I need to stop doing this? I mean, I know he wants y'all to be a nuclear family, but he has to see the benefits from you not showing.
0: When I told him at the beginning, I told him, you have to start listening to the podcast. And he listened to a couple of podcasts and he said, you know, I don't agree with this. I don't treat your daughter differently than I do my kids. And uh, I wish that you didn't have that ideology in your head but i told them if if you don't help me out then this is not going to work i i cannot do this i cannot i was having a meltdown at the time i felt like i was not going to be able to make it with him the kids were not listening to me two of them were having bad behavior really bad behavior i was worried about my daughter being influenced by their bad behavior mm-hmm. and i figured okay if we don't change the dynamic and the family if you don't try to help me out in the mornings, I don't think it can stay in this relationship and I'm sorry so that's when he decided okay well I'm gonna be more hands on I'm gonna help you out and it's been like that and it obviously he feels like he has a lot more on his shoulders but it has helped me tremendously mm-hmm. and I thank him Like, every time I get the chance, I tell him, like, I really appreciate you having my back and helping me out. Right.
1: And it's not that you decided to nacho to make his life harder. You're doing it to lower your stress, which lowers the stress in the home. Yeah. Because even if he's stressed, it's not the same amount of stress as you were having because they're his kids.
0: Right. That's true. And I wish that he would empathize a little bit more, even though he's good. -hmm. He tries to empathize with me a lot, but at the same time he's he still has his expectations sometimes. It's it's not all the time, but he says, like, if I need to work one day on a Saturday, can you take care of them without complaining after a few hours? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm like, I will help you. Okay, but if something needs your attention, I'm gonna have to call you and you're gonna have to address it. (laughs) So yeah, he doesn't like that so much. Well,
1: let me ask you this. Yeah. I understand what he's saying, and I had to laugh when he said that. Is it possible for you to kick into babysitter mode when he is working and you are watching them? Because normally a babysitter wouldn't tell on everything the kids did wrong.
0: You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes I am I get to be extremely controlling. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I have to stop doing as a mom and as a stepmom. I do it more as a mom now because.
1: Because you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I let the kids be. I mean, I'm not super uh, like I used to be super worried about what they did every moment of the day that mm-hmm. I, I think it helps if I it would help my relationship even more with my daughter to apply the same principle and not be so worried about her. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a warrior.
1: Yes. sometimes. And there's no benefit. It doesn't change anything.
0: It doesn't. I mean, if it would help the situation, sometimes it just backfires.
1: Yep. So. I have a suggestion for you. Oftentimes, if you're in charge of the kids and dad's not there, if y'all can come up with house rules and consequences. So say, for instance, I'm just going to say no running in the house. Okay. If that's a house rule that you and your husband both agree on then that becomes a house rule. And, okay, what's the consequence for that? No electronics for 10 minutes. I'm just throwing stuff out there. And if y'all both agree on that consequence, then if when he goes to leave, he says, well, before he leaves, y'all go over these rules with the kids. You explain them to your kid, he explains them to his. They're not his rules, they're not your rules, they're house rules. And then when he explains these to the kids, he reminds them that when you're there, that you're in control. And then when you go to say something to them, you'll say, remember little Johnny, your dad said that I need to make sure you followed the house rules. And one of the rules is not to run. So you need to not do that. Or I'm going to have to take your electronics away for 10 minutes. Almost like your dad's telling me what to do. So it falls back on dad.
0: Right. So it's already established and I don't have to go and improvise or anything.
1: And you don't have to contact him. Right. And you don't have to bombard him when he gets home with 20 things the kids did wrong. Because I know you're like I am with four kids, Mm -hmm. four stepkids. There's a lot that they can do wrong. Yeah. In our eyes. So you could have a list of 100 things if he's gone for an hour. Yeah. And that just puts him (laughs) in the middle when he comes home.
0: Yeah. I get in the picture of the kids hate me because I am being like the tattletales. Yes. I'm telling their dad what they did wrong. Exactly. And I'm complaining about what they do. And it's not good.
1: Right. And so we want to get the target off of your back. And by getting the target off your back, they're not going to be, quote, quote, mad at you. Because you're saying, look, I'm just doing what your dad asked me to do. And they can be mad at dad. Yeah. And they can take it up with him.
0: I will try that. We have several things that we do to try to get the kids to behave and those are consequences that they get and they don't behave so we're gonna have to set up like a more comprehensive list of things that we're going to say like this is a natural consequence of doing this and that because right. it all depends on him but we don't have it as a set way of this is what's going to happen if you do this so yeah i think we're, we're gonna have to go for
1: it Right. And remember, if he comes home from work and you've taken little Johnny's phone away for 10 minutes because he was running in the house. If dad walks in and gives him his phone back and little Johnny still has five more minutes of, you know, time without his phone, don't get mad (laughs) because because a lot of people get mad and say, but we agree that this would be the consequence. Well, dad's the parent and he can take away that consequence, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's on him.
1: Yeah, we have to get that target off your back and put it back on him. Because him having the target on his back, they love him unconditionally. Anything he says to them, they are going to get over a lot faster. Anything you say to them, they're going to harbor for six months. That's true. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Because they have that that bond with dad. Right,
1: you cannot deny biological bonds. Yes. Yep, they don't have that bond with you. now. I mean, I know that you've been blending for a little while, but I noticed with my stepkids, once they got older, I can say, hey, can you help me and take out the trash? And they would. But there's a difference in saying, do the dishes or it's Mm -hmm. your turn to do the dishes versus, hey, can you help me and do the dishes? Right. So just because you're nachoing now, it doesn't mean that you're always going to be nachoing the same things.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And maybe that'll make your husband feel better that... The whole goal of this is to improve the relationships between everybody in the blend, including you and the step kids.
0: Yeah, I agree. He wants me to be able to, to have more of a say in the house too, because it's like, yeah, I mean, I want you to have authority to say this should be happening or this should not be happening. And the kids being able to understand that you are also part of the family. And I think I have to work, work with him and on, 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 on try to discuss this and see how we can make this happen.
1: Right. And two, yeah. he doesn't need to say, well, Mel thinks that y'all should be doing chores every day. So y'all need to start doing chores. I mean, I know one of your things isn't chores, but just yeah. for example, because that's throwing you under the bus. Right. And it's great that he wants you to have more of a say, but He knows things weren't going well when you had more of a say, right? Yes, things weren't going well at all. Yeah, he couldn't have been happy when all that was going on. Part of me wants to say we as stepmoms or stepparents can have more of a say when the bio parents don't try to let us do everything but have a say. So you can take the kids to school, you can cook for them, you can clean for them, but don't punish little Johnny, that's not your place. (laughs) And I'm not saying your husband does that.
0: No, no, he doesn't. He, if I were to, uh, you know, say that little Johnny has to be cut off from his electronics for 30 minutes because he was mean. Mm-hmm. And if I say that in front of him, he wouldn't try to contradict me or put me in my place. So to speak, he would say, okay, well, if Mel saying this is because you did something that was really bad and you better apologize. You know, he would try to back me up.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's great.
0: Yeah. But I don't try to do that because I don't want to be a disciplinarian.
1: Well, he may want that, but the kids don't. And you need to build that bond with them. And right now they're at that quirky age, even though you've been in their lives for so long. And I want to keep reiterating that you've been in this blend almost eight years. Yeah. But you've got teenagers all of a sudden. Yep, And they're going to push back a little bit. So you might not have had nacho up until this point. And again, you're doing it to lower the stress, especially for you. Yeah. And it's so important to get that target off of your back and not make them feel like everything that's negative, that's changed in their life or that's happening in their life is because of you.
0: Yeah, totally. Well,
1: what's one piece of advice that you would give a step parent getting ready to get into a blend?
0: Just keep. Your expectations low (laughs) understand that the kids have a loyalty with their bio parent that is never going to change really Mm -hmm. unless the bio parent is really neglectful or abusive the bio parent is going to be the most important person for them and you have to come to terms with that and the sooner you come to terms with that, the easier it will be for for you to keep your expectations low and be easier on yourself as well as on them.
1: Mm -hmm. And on your significant other.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: And it's okay to mourn the nuclear family that you don't have. It's okay to mourn that, but don't sit there every day and wallow in, oh, we're not a nuclear family. You know, I think that Mm -hmm. our blend is better than my nuclear family growing up yeah
0: mm-hmm. no, it, it it's just it's hard I think uh they're, yeah they they uh, our parents had more issues with parenting that probably we do because of our generation being having more resources i I think, and mm-hmm. it was harder for them, and that generation they didn't have all this knowledge about how to raise children properly. And and there's, there's no book really that you can tell, oh, this is a perfect manual for every issue. Okay, There's something that you can do to help yourself, which is listening to your podcast. If you're in, in a blended family or if you're thinking about getting into a blended family, I would uh, strongly recommend that they listen to your podcast, of course, but also that they read And uh, if they can educate themselves on being a step family, there's a lot of books out there that are helpful. And that's what I would tell myself seven years ago, Mm -hmm. eight years ago. (laughs) If I could communicate with my past self Mm -hmm. or someone in my situation, right? For sure.
1: And that's so important to remember.
0: Yes. Yes. But thank you so much, Lori, for your time and for doing this podcast. Like I said before, and um there's some another good example i had from back in the 90s there was a show called step by step it was about a step family
3: i vaguely remember that
0: yeah i used to watch that so much uh, when i was little and it was the parents were very much into that role of parenting their own kid and not being you know the trying to influence the other parent about their, their own kid. I think that thinking about those examples also, I try to apply that in my current situation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't remember that show.
1: I, I'm going to have to go look it up. I'm sure there's some clips on YouTube we can look at.
0: Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but, but <laughs> if you can find it, I mean, send me the link. I don't think I've found a, a link for that show. It's been so long. Okay. More than 20 years or something when it came out. All right. Thank you so much, Lori, again. For, Thank you. For your time.
1: We appreciate you being a guest and we hope that we can talk to you again in the future.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, David. Mm-hmm. On June 28th, 2019, we released the Nacho Kids podcast. Shoot. Sure. So three years. Three years. Wow. Every week for three years. Wow. I'm so proud of us. (laughs) I know. And I still remember how scared I was. I think we need to go back and re-record episode one. Do you think? Yeah. Because
2: that's it's still the most listened to episode. But it's also, I think, the episode that really sets the tone Of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and where we come from. Why do we exist? Yeah, exactly. Um, So you know, there. But if
1: we re record it, then what do you mean? Like put it as a next one or replace it? No, no. I
2: say put it as the next one. Like you still listen to number one, but there's a lot of people that's not going to go back and listen to number one. So. Oh yeah. So just uh, just re-record it and do that. All right. We. I mean, every time we. Every time we get asked to speak somewhere, uh, whether it's an interview or whatever, it's typically we're being asked a lot of that same those same questions about, you know, how did this come about, and tell us about your blend and where you started and all that. So it's it's a lot of the same origin story stuff. Okay, well we're not going to do that next week, but we will do that soon. Okay, that way for these new people that come in and they don't want to go back and look at all the other podcasts because. Oftentimes when you jump on a podcast, you don't go back and look at, you know, what happened three years ago. You just kind of pick up where you are and go from there. Or you might go back a few months and look at what's there, but you don't typically go back to the beginning.
1: All right. So we will plan that, David. You and I will work on that and put it on the calendar, and then we will let people know. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we got a lot of work to do today, David. All right. Let's get to it. All right. Y'all have a good weekend. Yep.